Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. You can also send a donation through the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net or mail in a donation uh, on a one-time basis to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. That's Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913 Boise, Idaho 83715. In addition, you can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net for as little as $2 per month. Now it's time for today's episode of That Strong Guy. As usual, no uh, uh, air date uh, known though in general, sometime in the mid-50s. Uh, uh, this one is Tony on Parole. Like me do to a boy like Tony. 
I do to make him go quiet? If only he'd control his temper. I know he tries, but people are leaving the train. Steve, I'm scared. Steve, don't leave us tonight. Keep by us all the time, and I know how things stand. Will you do that? For Tony's sake? Hey, look at the small figure of Betty Biscotti. You feel a small hand gripping the blue serge sleeve of your coat. And out of the sea of faces, out of the pounding of heartbeats, footsteps, comes the face from the future that hangs in the balance. Tony Bastotti, out on parole from the charge of manslaughter. Tony, he's coming. Oh, what do I do? What do I say? Look, Steve. He's walking past. Tony! Betty! Betty, it's you. Tony, it's been so long. Five years. The first time we meet, I nearly miss you because you're standing in the shadows. And I thought... Don't think, honey. Don't think anything. As from today, I start a new life. As from now, I want to forget a past and build us a future. It'll work, Tony. I know it will. Sure it will, honey. Sure it will. As from now, Tony Bastotti is the happiest man in Grand Central Station. <laughs> in fact, in the whole big, crazy world... <laughs> Oh, but I feel so good. <laughs> oh, I've wanted to do that for so long. Do what? So last from right deep down inside. From my heart. As from now, Mrs. Bastani, that's all I'm going to let you do. Now, let's go home and try a few more laughs on the side, huh? <laughs> and the bigger the problems, the bigger the laughs. And then we oh, can... Oh, Tony. Get... Tony, I almost forgot. Forgot what? Oh, Steve. Steve John. Come on, Steve. Don't just stand there. You're in this welcoming committee, too. Hi, Tony. Hi, Steve. Hey, don't I rate a handshake? Yeah, sure. What's wrong? Yet we were brought up on the same street. No, I don't forget that. Same as I don't get why you come down and meet me. Oh, I'm greeting a friend. What a coffee is, Tony. Why are you acting like this? Just that he's a private detective. Oh, what in the heck if I am? Come on, I'll buy the first cup of coffee. No. There's someone singing out a tune in this trio. Well, I'm not the one who's tone deaf. Sure, I'm no musician, Tony, but I'm willing to take lessons. Like what? Tony, you said back there... Yeah, I know what I said back there. That was before this. Look, you're out of prison now, Tony. You can, can forget all the lies and deceits you've been living inside those four walls. You can forget all that and try out a simple story of truth. Yeah? Yeah. A story that goes like this. A boy makes a mistake. He goes away. Five years he goes and in that five years, he writes no letters, allows no visitors. He comes home. Now, what a time to think. I didn't want Betty seeing me up there. It's bad enough me trying to forget those years. And try imagining what Betty had to go through in those five years of nothing. That's why you're here? Because Betty was scared of facing me alone? Five years is a long time for you inside. It'd be just as long for a girl outside. Yeah. Well, it's all out now. It's already a piece of the past. So we push it further back, huh? It's up to you, Tony. But, honey, I told you when I went up, no letters, nothing for five years. Do we push it into the past, Tony? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure we do. And it's me who buys the first cup of coffee, and I know just the place.
Today I start a new chapter. The book of Tony Bastardi. One time stupid, hot-headed punk. Now the best United States citizen in New York City. <laughs> crazy talk, crazy talk. And you're still the same Cody. And you're still the two best friends in the world. Hey, is that all I need here? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, and approve it? <laughs> Cody, Cody, right. what are you doing? <laughs> Cody! There. Now I'm a friendly sandwich. Got one on each side of me. Now, let's all get back in the steps. A one, a two. Here we go. Cody, <laughs> <laughs> don't be crazy. Besides, you've got me on the outside. Well, shouldn't a lady be on the inside? Who's a lady? <laughs> hey, hey, look at that crazy driver. Sure, I'm all right. Don't talk so much, honey. 
Doc said you got to keep quiet, Miss Bell. My leg is still upside his shoulder. From the waist down, I can't see a thing. It, 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 it's a needle they gave you before you came in. That's right, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, yeah all the patients get them. You look after Tony, Steve? Sure, I will. Don't you worry. I'll treat him like I was an old Dutch uncle. He's so helpless. Can't do a thing in the house. Well, how do you like that? Telling tales out of school. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but I'm not so soon. Come on, Tony. See you tomorrow, Betty. I'm going to miss you, honey, so don't be too long getting well. I will. Come on, Tony. Good night, kid. Good night, Tony. All right, Tony. Let's go home. I'm not going home, Steve. I mean, to my place. i got a call to make first. All right, so we make the call, then we go home. I'm doing this call alone, Steve. What do you mean, Tony? Betty's lying in that room in there. Maybe she won't walk again. And out there somewhere in the city is a man sitting in a drunken sweat. Well, I'm going to see he doesn't sweat for nothing. I don't know his car number. We don't. But I do, Steve. And I can soon find his address. Now, listen, tell me. Steve, no one can stop me, not even you. All the law. Don't be crazy. You're on parole. You know the number? Give it to the police. Let them do the work for you. No, Steve. That comes with a big car, an expensive one. The man who drove that car's got money, lots of it. Means he can afford a good lawyer. He might get off. Well, I'm gonna see. He doesn't! Tony, wait! Crazy young fool! Tony! Come back! Crazy fool! So what's happening? Tony Bastardi got away, Doc. But where's he going so fast? He's got the number of the hit and run driver. To get his address, and then he'll kill him. Take it away. Yes, sir. 
out front of the headquarters building. That means only one thing. Tony's called, got the address, and left. You push quick questions to the police clerk, and you hope his interest isn't fired with imagination. That little fellow that was in here just now? Yeah, it's part of a treasure hunt. Uh, you know, the kind of parties these crazy society people like today. Yeah, well, you see, I, I gotta get this address before the little guy gets it, you see. Sounds almost as though your life depends on it. The address, please. Don't think I can give it to you. How about the other guy with him? Uh, did you give it to him? Yeah, I did. Then, uh, why can't you give it to me? Sorry. Sorry of all that. All right, all right. The time's up now. Time's up? The little guy said it was a joke. I figured it might have been some party game. Yeah, he said to give him ten minutes to start ahead of you. The ten minutes are up. I get the address now? Sure, sure. I had it written down already for you. <laughs> yes, thanks. You did a great job. <laughs> get to the address, you walk the long gravel drive to the house, a big white dwelling on Long Island Estate, and the lot of tension grows tight as your hand reaches for the doorbell, and you see a light in the hallway. It's already past four in the morning. The burning light means Tony has got here before you. Yes? She carries all the identification of a Long Island housekeeper. First this other man. Now you come along and ask the same question. And at four in the morning, you've got a right to be annoyed. That's wrapping the argument in cotton wool. And if I don't find your boss first, you might uh, be wrapping him up in cotton wool. For good. I don't know where he is, if that's what you want to know. If that's what you told the little guy who was here before me, then that is all I want to know. Well? I told him nothing. I'd like to believe you. I told you the truth. I don't know where Mr. Kalor is. Kalor. Kalor. It's been bothering me. The name rings a bell somewhere. Kalor. You apparently don't get the hunters and fishermen's guidebook. Kalor. Fisherman, hunter, and sportsman, K.G. Kalor. Holds all the records of trap shooting from here to Mexico City. And further. I wonder if Tony knows that. Tony? Yeah. He was a little guy who came in before me. He said his name was Ambrose. No, Tony Bastotti. He's out on parole. On parole? What did he do? You mean before? Yes. He killed a man. Murdered. No, I said killed. Partly an accident and a hot-headed fight. Tony got off with manslaughter. The other fellow picked the fight, but Tony carried it too far. But he said his name was Ambrose. Uh, uh, Ambrose Crusterman. Said he had some stuff to give Mr. Kalor. I thought it was hunting gear, so I told him. Told him what? Where Mr. Kalor was staying. Then why tell him and not me? Mr. Kalor came home. He gave me strict instructions to tell no one where he was going. So you tell the first man who comes along. Tony Bastotti, but you don't tell me. I didn't know. He said his name was Ambrose. And that no one was to know where Mr. Kalor had gone. That he had something for Mr. Kalor. Something urgent. But I was to tell no one where Mr. Kalor was. No one except Tony Bastardi. But I didn't know. It all agreed with what Mr. Kalor had told me. How long ago did he leave? Oh, quarter of an hour. Perhaps more. Where's Kalor now? At his hunting lodge, six miles away. But why would he want Mr. Kalor? To kill him. Kill him? But, but why? Your boss had an accident. But he didn't stop. He was also drunk, which is probably the reason. The girl he hit may be a cripple for life. She was Tony Bastotti's wife. And it all happened the night he came out on parole. Mr. Taylor in a hit and run. But he wouldn't do a thing like that. Back as he did. And I've got a feeling he won't run away again. Ever. Where is this hunting lodge? Straight down the main road. First turning to the right. Last house by the waterfront. Let's hope I make it a dime. <laughs> You arrive at the end of Long Island Sound. You walk along the broad walk, leading up to the hunting lodge. 
You walk past the gleaming lines of a flashy convertible. You see where the flesh, chrome work, marred by heavy dents in the front bumper and bodywork. You reach the door. It's off the latch, and you go in. And then you see Kalor. He's lying full length on the floor. By his side, the soft blue sheen from the barrel of a thirty caliber hunting rifle. There's only one thing left for you to do. Bring Jim Daly and homicide. You get there too late. Kalor is dead. Next day, you're in a small, quiet hospital room. Quiet because it's a hospital, and also because you can't find the right words to say. Yes, too, He's, um, he's outside. Said he wouldn't be along until later. Oh. How do you feel today? I'd feel much better if you told me what would Yeah. Well, you won't be long again. What did you do last night? I mean, you and Tony. Yeah. We went for a ride. Oh. Mr. Strong. Oh. It's you, Doc. Can I see you a minute? Yeah, sure. Won't be long, kid. Do you? Yeah. Tell Tony, Tony. Tell him. Yeah? Oh, it doesn't matter. Not now. You think she's realized what's happened? I'm afraid so, Mr. Strong. What does that mean? She's in no emotional state for us to operate. It's a delicate operation, and we just can't do without the patient's cooperation. Without the patient having a strong will to live. You know, it's surprising just how many critical cases depend just on that. Not on the surgeon so much as the patient herself. Jim Daly said he'd bring Tony down as soon as they found him. Terrible business. Can you blame him? He builds all his hopes for his future into one special day. Along comes a drunken fool and busts all those hopes into broken dreams. Who knows, Doc? Maybe we do the same. Maybe. But Tony was a hothead with a reputation behind him. Yeah. What do we do now? We can only wait on the police to find Tony Bastardi. And if they don't find him inside an hour, well, after that, it will be too late. Hey, here's Jim now. Tony Bastardi's with him. Jim's done the decent thing and brought him in free of handcuffs. He knows Tony won't run away. He knows Tony loves his wife too much to leave her now. Hello, Steve. Hello, Jim. Hi, kid. Hi, Steve. We haven't much time, Tony. You'd better go in now. Steve, I uh, think she wants you alone, Tony. But I'm scared, Steve. If anything happens to Betty now, maybe you uh, should have thought of that last night. Betty! Yeah. Well? Shut the door, Steve. Why didn't you let him in on this deal last night? Yeah, I know, Jim. If I told you, maybe... I'd have lost his leave on parole, but at least, well, I I guess it's time I lose my private detective's license. Lose it for good. Every time a citizen wants help, the first thing they should do is turn to a policeman. That's a part of our job. You, being a private eye, should know that more than anyone else. Instead, you let a kid go off and risk losing his parole. Let him tear around the city in the mad mood of murder. Look, Jim, forget all the handouts. I deserve all you're giving and more. Next time, I'll know better. Next time, I go to the law first. You'll be okay, honey. And I'll be here waiting. When you come out from under the anesthetic, it'll be my ugly face you'll be seeing first. Then the doctor said, Tell him I'm, I'm ready for the operation now. 
You did a good job, Tony. It gives us the chance we need. Well, kid, I'm sorry about last night, Steve. Yeah. If I had to move a little faster, maybe I... I got there too late. Yeah, Captain Daly told me. It was a tough accident. It happened on the same night. Accident? Yeah, Mr. Kalo shooting himself. Kalo shot himself? That's right. Seems he was loading the gun. We don't think it was suicide. We think his hands were shaking. The result of the accident. Well, the fingerprints blur along the rifle where it must have slipped from his hands. So, we can figure is that the butt of the rifle hit the floor and the gun went off. And... You mean Tony didn't... No. No, he didn't go down to the hunting lodge at all. I guess I kind of changed my mind, Steve. No, I didn't go out there. I went on home. I was all mixed up. And that's where we found him. Well, Doctor, what do you think of her chances? Well, I think her chances now are excellent. I feel certain the operation will be a success. There's no need to worry now, Tony. Well, like I said, I'm a sentimental. A romantic guy. But I've got a lot of good friends in and out of the force, and I like to keep them. I also like to help keep law and order in the community. I'll be with you again. But for now, this is Steve Strong, or as I'm more often referred to, that strong guy, signing off. That Strong Guy is written by John Warwick and produced by Walter Penn for our transfer. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a madam's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, everything works out for Tony and his wife, Betty. Thanks to our hero. Well, technically, not thanks to him at all. It just kind of worked out on its own. In many ways, this is the opposite of the drugstore case, where things went horribly wrong and none of it had to do with Steve Strong. It's a weird thing to do on a mystery uh, show, a detective show, I should say. Because you really do want your uh, detective hero to play a bigger role in how things turn out. But that's not how they wrote this episode. Alright, well that's all for now. If you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.